Thanks for listening. The following audio is a teaching from Calvary Tucson's Young Adult Ministry, Ignition. For more teachings, information, or if you'd like to support our ministry, please visit us online at ignitiontucson.com. We pray you're blessed by the message. And the second thing he says in Ephesians 1, verse 15, or verse 17, he says, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Revelation in the knowledge of him. What does that mean? Why is that important? So it's, under, it's, it's understanding, right, more about who the creator is, right? What the character of our God is and who our God is, that, that is such an important aspect. And if you just think about it in terms of a relationship, man, you can't have a healthy relationship with someone if you have no idea who you are, if you, if you have no idea who they are and, and you have no idea how they work. Man, so it's important for us to understand the, the character and the attributes of our God because when we don't, when we don't understand the character and the attributes of our God, it's so much easier for us to fall into things like condemnation. It's so much easier for us to fall into things like depression and anxiety. And we're so much more prone to stray because we don't understand the beauty and the power and the awesomeness, right, and the love and the grace of our God. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a minute to look at some of the attributes of our God, some of the beautiful and, and fearful attributes of our God. So the first thing, and we're going to start with one of the hardest attributes of God to understand and fathom because we're finite The fact that God is infinite. He is self-existing and he is without origin and he is the creator of all things and the sustainer. And how do we know this? John 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1, 17 says... And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So before any, and this is one of my favorite uh, names for God that, that God gives himself, is I am. The idea of I am, before Abraham was, I am. God is, I am. He always has been, he always will be. He is, he is, self, he is self-existing, he is infinite. The second thing is God is immutable. Immutable meaning he does not change. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what does that mean, right? That God is immutable and that he doesn't change. It means that our God is dependable. It means that when our God makes a promise that promise is going to be kept. That means that, that the character of our God, the nature of our God, never changes. He is immutable. God is omnipotent, right? Omni meaning all, potent being powerful. He is all-powerful. Psalm 147, 4 through 5. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Job 26, 7 uh, through 14 says, He stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth 
on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not spit open under them. He covers the face of the moon, of the full moon, and spreads over it his cloud. He has increased the circle on the face of the waters and the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Man, God creating the universe is just a whisper of his power. It's just the outskirts of his power. We can't even fathom and understand the power of God. And that is one of the reasons, right, why, why if, if the nature of God were to stop here, man, this would be a God to fear for all people, for all of us. A God that, that is, is powerful enough to do absolutely anything. And understanding God in all his power, we, we understand, right? We also understand that, that he does have the power to do anything he wills. And what that means is that God cannot do anything that is contradictory to his character. An example of this is Hebrews 6.18, where it says, It is impossible for God to lie. So God is not a God of chaos or confusion or, confusion or contradiction. He is consistent in his omnipotence. He is consistent. And we can believe his promises like Romans 8.28 because of his omnipotence, because of his sovereignty. Romans 8.28, for all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In his sovereignty, in his omnipotence, he can, can still, right, bring something that is horrible and painful and work it for the good. That is the power of our God. God is omniscient, right? He is all-knowing. 1 John 3, 19 through 20 says, But this we shall know, that we are the truth and re- that we are of the truth, sorry, and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding, write this verse again, his understanding is beyond measure. And this is, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Psalms. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6. O Lord, you have searched me and known me, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even when a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. God knows you. Man, God knows you so deeply. Matthew 10, 20 says, even the hairs on your head are numbered. Even the hairs on your head are numbered. God knows what you are experiencing today. And God knows what you are going to go through tomorrow. So we can trust him. And this, right, this next characteristic of God in understanding his, his, uh, his omniscience, that he knows everything, God is also omnipresent. He is always Everywhere, Psalm 139, just the next verses after 1 through 6, 7 through 10 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. 
If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Jeremiah 23, 23 through 24. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see it, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heaven and the earth, declares the Lord? You cannot run from God. You cannot hide from God. Whether you feel God or not, He is with you. Whether you feel God or not, He is with you. He knows you and He is with you. Man, we're going to get into some, some more characteristics. God is faithful. He remains loyal and steadfast. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps the covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, man, listen to this verse. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Even when we are faithless, man, even when you are faithless, Christian, he remains faithful. He remains constant. Our God is a faithful God to fulfill his promises. God is good, right? Another attribute, another characteristic. Psalm 34.8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Psalm 145.9, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all He has made. Mark 10.18, No one is good except God alone. So we don't serve, right? This is, this is an attribute, man, that is so important for us because we don't serve an all-powerful God that does evil or does wrong to us just because he wants to, but we serve a good God who is pure and just and perfect. Psalms, or James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow do to change because God's goodness is a part of his nature is a part of who he is all things that are good flow out of him right and this doesn't mean that all good things are God but it does mean that that all good things come from God and they are a reflection of his goodness the next God is just he will always do what is right in every circumstance. Deuteronomy 32.4, the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Psalm 33.5, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. And this is a comforting fact, right? Because of all the injustice that happens in the world. And I think this, this is a good time to bring up um, Uvalde, Texas. 
right? The, the shooting that, that happened in Texas of all those kids and those teachers. And the question, man, that, that comes to mind, it's like how, how could an all-powerful, how could an all-knowing, how could a good and how could a just God allow something like that to happen? How could God allow such evil and how could God allow such suffering? Man, and that is, that is a question, man, that, that you will constantly hear from people. And we've, we've talked about different aspects of this in, in the, the past weeks, but we talked about a few weeks ago, right? We, we contrasted the two uh, doctrines of salvation, right? The free will and Arminianism versus, versus uh, Reformed theology and, and uh, how it is, it is election only. So when God created us, right? He created us with, with the ability to love. And with love, there is choice, Right, so the God, God created us in the way that he created us. He created us with the ability to choose. So if we were unable, just walk through this with me, if we were unable to choose sin, if we were unable to sin, then we would be programmed to only do good all the time. Right to only do what, what we're supposed to do at all times. And that really does, it realistically, it makes you no different than like an Alexa or a Siri. Because you tell Alexa what to do, she does it. You tell Siri what to do, she does it. Or he, it. I don't know. It's a girl voice for Alexa and it's a girl name. Anyways, that does it. let's get off of that. So does that mean that Alexa loves me? Does that mean that Siri loves me? No, I can't, you can't have a relationship. It's, it's programmed to do what it's supposed to do. You don't have a relationship with, with something that is programmed like that. And then, but then you think, okay, what if God, God gives us the ability to choose right and wrong? Right? We have the ability to choose him. Or the, we have the ability to reject him. We have the ability to choose sin. And what if God, right, in his all-powerful, in, in his omnipotence, in, in his omniscience, what if he were to just stop things like that from happening? That's, that's the next question we ask. But when you get into that, it's, okay, it, you find yourself in the same boat because then it's like, at what point do you stop? Is it, is it only when, is it only murder where God stops things like that from happening? Or, or is it when you want to go look at pornography, right, he stops you? Or, or you go to lie to someone, he stops you, God. And you just get back into this place where God is constantly stepping in and stopping you and not allowing you to make the choices that you want to make and go through the, the consequences, right, the natural consequences of your decisions, man. And that is why we talk about sin and, and why God calls sin, sin, because there is consequences. There are consequences, real-life consequences to sin. There are real-life consequences to our decisions, and our, and our sin doesn't just affect us. It absolutely does affect us, but our sin affects other people. So, God, though, in his beauty, God in his omnipotence, he is still able to work 
in horrible, difficult scenarios, in horrible, difficult things that people do, when people are suffering and going through the consequences of people's sin, God is still present. God can still use horrible things that we do for the good, which, is, which just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. And let's just, let's just pray for, for those families right now before we, before we continue on. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and God, we just ask that you would, would just, Father, that those families would feel you. God, we ask that, that you would just be present in the hurt and the pain and the suffering and the questioning that all of these families are going through. God, we, we just ask, God, and we beg that you would surround them with people that know you and love you and will be your tangible hands and feet to show your love and your beauty and your grace to these people. God, surround them with comfort. God, surround them with people that can walk through this, this, this horrible situation with them. God, we thank you that, that you are good and that you, that, and that you hate these things, God, as much as we do. We thank you that you are just, God, and that you do make, make the right decisions in all circumstances. You, you say that vengeance is yours. Lord, so we just ask that, that you would move in the midst of this. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So God is just. Another attribute of God. Just two more. God is gracious. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Matthew 9, 13. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. God is gracious. Man, God... Just, I just keep thinking about like, what, those, what, those, what those parents are going through. Man, God understands firsthand what those parents are going through. Man, it says that Jesus was, was a, a man acquainted with sufferings, right? Jesus saw the, the sin in this world and, and understood the suffering and experienced the suffering. Jesus came and experienced the ultimate suffering for us. Jesus came in love, right, to die on the cross so that we could experience the grace that God has given us. Ephesians says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, again, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Our God is gracious. God is loving. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son 
into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Romans 8, 38-39, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for us isn't like the world's kind of love. We all experience love and we show love in a very conditional way because we are selfish, we are prideful, we're messed up people. So we expect to get things from people, right? When we, when we do things for them, even if those things were done in love initially, I don't know if you guys have experienced, but I've experienced this a lot, especially in my marriage, where I do something for my wife in love, like doing the dishes or cleaning her car out. So like, man, I'm going to do this because I love her. And then like two days later, there's something that, that I want her to do. I'm like, hey, I cleaned the car for you. I did the dishes for you. And it's like, man, I'm messing. Like, we're so selfish and, and self-centered, and it just blows my mind that I can do something Right in the moment and do it in love and not even think in my mind like for any other reason. But man, I'm just gonna do this because I love her. And then go back to that and be like, yeah, this look look at that condition that I did for you. Look at all the stuff I did for you. Now you do something for me. That that is the way that we see love. Right. That is the way that the world sees love. But the way that God loves you. Right. What is what does it say in First John? In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. God's love for us is not conditional in any way. God loves you right now as messed up and screwed up and self-centered and sinful as you are, exactly the same way that He would if you did absolutely everything that He ever wanted you to do. God loves you. I'm going to say that again. God loves you right now exactly the way you are, as selfish and messed up, as self-centered as you are, exactly the same way that he would if you were to do every single thing that he ever wanted you to do. That is God's love for you. It is unconditional. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. Man, and then God's love isn't vague. It's not like he, does, he just has like a general love for all of humanity, but his love is extremely, imperson- is extremely personal. God loves you individually. God loves you down to every hair on your head. Man, and God loves me. That is incredible. That this, that this God, right, this all-powerful, all-knowing, right, this just judge, this God loves me. This God loves you personally. So much so that he died on a cross for you so that you could experience a relationship with him. Man, he did all of the work so that you could have a relationship with him. If we, if we even just grasped a tiny bit of who God was, man, we would want with all that we have a relationship with him. And we would be willing to do anything to have a relationship with him. But God did all of the work and pursues us. He died for us so that we can have a relationship with him, man, that is so, that just blows my mind. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. 
But that is, that is the loving Father that we have. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we are able to have a relationship with. So do you see, man, why Paul prays this prayer? Why it's so important, this revelation of him understanding the nature of God, the incredible, beautiful, glorious, powerful, loving, gracious God that changes our perspective, man. This is the one that we serve. We can't even fathom a more incredible being. And that is our God. Let's pray. Father, we, we are so humbled at the fact that you are our God. We are so humbled at the fact that you say that you lean your ear towards us to hear us when we pray to you. Lord, I just ask right now, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't have a relationship with you, Father, that hasn't given their life to you, that hasn't accepted the free gift of grace that you have given them, Lord, I pray that in this moment right now that you would speak and that you would soften their heart, God, and that you would reveal to them that you are available, you are there, and you desire to have a relationship with them. Lord, we ask right now that you would just forgive us of our sin. God, thank you that you died for our sin, that you took our sin on yourself. Lord, I just ask that you would make us, that you would use us. God, make us more like you and use us as your hands and feet in this world. God, use us in in the way that you use Brant Jean. God, allow us to see people in that way. Allow us to love people in that way. God, we do just thank you so much again for your word. Thank you that that you show us the kind of God that you are. God, thank you that 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 we don't that we get to experience again, Lord, just your grace and your love and your faithfulness. We just pray as we worship you right now that that would be our focus. God, that you would be our focus. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey everyone, Pastor JD here. You've been listening to a teaching from Ignition Tucson, the Young Adults Ministry of Calvary Tucson. If you live in the greater Tucson area and you're between the ages of 18 to 28, we want to invite you to join us in person. We meet every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Tucson's East Campus on Speedway and Camino Seco. Come join us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace.